0: Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Um, We have been doing a series on prayer. So, prayer with Jesus and Paul. And today, uh, we're going to be looking at the last part of the Lord's Prayer. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The fact that forgiveness finds a place in the prayer template that Jesus gave his disciples shows how important prayer is in a Christian life. Now the thing is, many of us pray this prayer. We ask for God's forgiveness. God, would you forgive me? But we don't go to the second part where we talk about as we forgive our debtors. Because frankly, we don't want to forgive for X number of reasons, or we add a bit more to that second part. It goes something like this. Forgive us as we forgive our debtors who have come back and apologized to us or have paid off their debts. The thing is, forgiveness is not earned by merit. It's given to those who does not deserve it. When you ask God for forgiveness, you're not asking God for forgiveness because you deserve to be forgiven. It's not because you're really good. It's you're appealing to God's mercy. God, I know I don't deserve your forgiveness. I've gone wrong, but would you forgive me? And God is expecting exactly the same thing from us. He's asking us to forgive who don't deserve forgiveness, just the way He has forgiven us. Another challenge is we live in a day and age where forgiveness is often perceived as a sign of weakness. If you forgive someone, the world would say that you're not strong enough to retaliate. I mean, we've been hearing the news these days about two countries at the brink of a war. And this is the question that's been going through our mind, who is powerful, who is more powerful? So it becomes a question of, of power. And when you decide to forgive, the world thinks that you're too weak to retaliate. But let me tell you something, forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of power. If all you can do is just respond to your impulse and do what everyone else around you does, that's not a sign of power. If, you're, if you have the courage and strength to go against the stream, that's where you need the courage. That's where you um, need the strength. So the Bible says, if you're able to forgive, you're more powerful. Amen. Who believes that? Now, it's interesting. It's um, interesting how the world defines certain words like strong or good, things like that. You know what it does? It assigns or it gives it to people who does what what it wants to be done in the best possible way. Let me give an example. If you do me wrong, and then I come back and fight with you, it would call me strong. If I come back and annihilate you, it would call me stronger. This is how the world defines these words. But you also have to remember that the definitions that the world gives and the Word of God gives are different in many cases. This is something that we have to be sensitive about. We have to to know in our mind. And we also have to remember that this is the same world that calls an atheist a clever man and a pious person a fool when the Word of God just says the opposite. Because the Word of God says, a foolish man says in his heart that there is no God. But the world looks at him and says, you are clever. You are the one we need. So the standards of God and the standards of the world often contradict with each other. And the standards of God are higher than that of the one in the world. So as a Christian, we are expected to live by the standard of God. Who is with me? Amen. Give a shout of praise. Now, forgiveness is required when there is an act of offense. You don't have to forgive when... Nothing has taken place. Forgiveness becomes relevant when something harm is done, when, when someone does something that offends you. You don't have to sit there and forgive and nothing happens. Now, one thing that you have to see is, there is an influence or there is a power or there is a force behind that very action that took place, which we don't see. We, all we see is what was done and who did it. And we, we don't see the force or influence behind it that made the person to do it. And what we do, we react in a way that that evil influence wants us to react. When a person some, does something wrong to you, there is an evil influence behind that person to make him do it, and the same influence or the same force wants a, us to react in a certain way that would further its deeds. And what happens is, When it comes to us, it appeals to a vulnerability in our flesh called pride. It exploits our pride and gets us into action. We we come up with an action plan. We go against him and retaliate. And the same evil influence that was working this person who made him do the wrong thing is now at work in your life causing internal damage. Praise God. What happens is we don't get to see this evil influence or the evil force. We just look at that person. We go fight against that person. And who won? That evil influence. Praise God. Praise God. So what happens is when we give in to this evil influence, something strange happens. We become pregnant with hatred. It grows within us even if you don't respond even if, you know, if you don't even if you don't go and retaliate and kick that person you are impregnated with hatred it is in with you it is within you and it grows and grows and grows and at some point you can be sure of this at some point it will come out you cannot hide it for a very long time at some pos- at some point in time it will come back up in proportions Time and space that you've never never expected. And you'll be wondering, why am I doing this? What is the influence that's making me do this? But my friend, let me tell you something. There's an undealt (laughs) hatred deep within your heart that has grown up and now that's affecting your life. That's making you do things that you don't want to do. When something evil happens to you, most of the times, you cannot undo what was done, but you have the choice to respond in a way that you want to. You get to pick the weapon, you, pick, you, get, to, uh, you get to pick how you're going to respond to that. You may not be able to undo it, but you can pick the weapon, you can see how you respond to that. Amen. Now, you might say that it's easier than done, easier said than done. It's easy to say you have to forgive. Even when, when we try to uh, intermediate with, between our friends who are at war, we try to tell our friends, come on, man, just forgive. And then the same thing happens to you. You become even more worse. <laughs> so it's easy to say to a person who's going through this thing, but how do we really practice it? How do we exercise forgiveness in our life? And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. At a high level, there are two, two ways. To do this. There are two ways to exercise forgiveness. The first one is through your willpower, which would work to a certain extent. So you can just like think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive this person. I'm gonna apply forgiveness. So you can use your willpower to a certain extent. But no matter how much you try, it's gonna break down at some point. Do you agree? No matter how much you try, you're gonna break down at some point when you can't take it any longer. But there's a different way. Don't worry, I'm not going to give you a hackneyed advice saying that you have to be more religious, you have to uh, do a lot lot of religious things in order to gain the strength of forgiveness. I'm going to tell you something different. When you receive Jesus as your personal savior, when you walk into God's kingdom, something amazing happens. God just opens a set of spiritual eyes in your heart. And you begin to see things the way God does. Amen. If our Christian life is all about the material blessings and, and the material things around us, the Bible says we are the most pitied to be of all. When you walk into God's kingdom, He opens us at a spiritual eyes and we start a journey with God and we begin to see the way things He does and we begin to grow into His likeness. And how this translates into your real life is, when you look evil coming against you, you don't see the person, you see the power that's working in the person. And you decide not to go against him, but against the power. Amen. The world is a battleground between good and evil. As as God's children, when, when you are in God's kingdom, You are given the authority to overcome evil. But again, you cannot overcome evil with evil because what happens is when you try to overcome evil with evil, they will come together and produce more evil. But when you decide to use good against evil, that's finished. There is no evil anymore. That particular instance of evil is done and dusted. It doesn't uh, move ahead anymore. So what happens is when you use evil to confront evil, it produces more evil. It affects your personal life. It affects your relationships. It affects every area of your life. But when you decide to stop it, what happens is when you, when you, when you decide to face it with good, what happens is you send some signals back to the unseen world saying that, no, 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 I see you. I see the power that's at work in this person and I'm going to kill it. And that stops. That cycle, that vicious cycle of evil is stopped. Amen. The word of God says, our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces um, of evil in heavenly realms. This is what the word of God says. If we go fighting against the flesh and blood, we completely miss the point, my friends. We miss the point. We just end up making more enemies. Let me just give you one simple example. Let's say you had an argument with someone and you had a fight with them and you are filled with anger and uh, resentment and bitterness. You come home, you shout at your wife, your kids, and they wonder what's going on. And they, have, and, and, and they begin to develop a sort of anger and bitterness against you in their heart, which would come back at you later when, when you're uh, at some point in time. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It will come back to you. It's, it does not stop. But when, as a child of God, we see the reality, we see the real power, the real evil power that's that causing the damage, we go against it. The intention of evil is to cause damage both to the perpetrator and the victim. Do you agree? What happens is we feel that the man who is doing evil, he's successful, and the man who is the victim, he's suffering loss. But the matter of the fact is when you look at it from God's eyes, both are suffering damage. Both are suffering damage, and this force wants us to fight with each other so that we can cause more damage, affect more lives, and cause a lot of negativity. And that cycle continues. It spreads into our environment. It takes away the peace in your life. But when someone walks into the kingdom of God... God tells him, I want, I want to show you something. We go on a journey with God and, and the more and more we work with God, God will just like show us the way he sees things. And, and the more we grow into his likeness, the more we see, the more we start to see the way he sees things. And then we begin to see the powers of uh, evil at work in people. So we go, go against them. And God says... I have given you the authority. God has equipped us with his authority to fight the evil. Amen. We know that we will overcome because Jesus has overcome. Give a shout of praise if you believe it. I know, it's going, I know it's hard, I know I had to deal with a lot of pain, I know I had to deal with a lot of bitterness, I know that the person did the wrong thing to me, but you know what? I'm a child of God and I see the evil power that was working this person and I'm not going to fight with this person anymore, I'm going to let him go. It's because God has forgiven me and because His power is at work in me and I know I have the power to cancel the authority of that evil influence that was working that person. Amen. And I'm not letting that power to pass through me into my environment, into my church, into my family, into my friendships, into my work. Amen. 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 Praise God. That's the power of God that's at work in our life. Now when Jesus was arrested and brought to Pilate, he was baffled. Pilate was baffled hearing Jesus claim that he's a king. And he was like, what kind of king are you? I mean, you are now standing here before me, and I'm just about to write your destiny. And what kind of king are you? But this is what Jesus said. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would would fight to prevent my arrest from the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is from another place. Amen. Amen. Jesus was not uh, distracted by the misbehavior of Jews or the Romans. He knew very well the war that he was supposed to fight. Amen. If If Jesus had gone against the Jews or the Romans, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to be here today. It's because Jesus chose the right battle we are here today. Amen. Because Satan tries to distract us through a lot of things in our world. He, he tries very hard to stop us from, re, uh, from seeing the right thing so that we waste our time fighting the wrong battles and the battles that he wants us to fight. But this is what Jesus said. I'm not going to fight the battle you want me to fight. I'm going to fight the battle that God has ordained me to fight. Amen. Do you believe it? So God has given You have battle to fight against the evil powers of this world. So this is what Jesus said. I'm not going to fight against you. I have got a bigger mission in my life. I have got a bigger mission in my life. That I want to save the world, not destroy the world. Even the people who are doing harm against me, I'm here to rescue them. Don't try to put them in front of me and ask me to destroy them. Because that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to save them. All you are about to do, Pilate, is you're going to put me through a process. Can you repeat after me? Put me through a process. All you're about to do is put me through a process that would enable me to cause the salvation of millions of people around the world. Amen. I know that the bitterness and and, uh, I know the experience that you had to go through was quite difficult. But you know what? You were just being put through a process. And when you look at it from God's eye, when you come back to God and say, God, I know it was hard on me, but I trust in you. I forgive that person. I forgive the one who did that thing to me. God is saying, you're just being put through a process. And the very thing that happened to you in the past is going to result in, <clears throat> in, in, the, uh, in, uh, in the salvation of many people. God is going to use that very experience to save many others. You're going to use your story to encourage hundreds of lives. Amen. We've heard a lot of stories of how people forgave and overcame evil. And the perpetrators themselves came back um, and and were in terms with them. And they together went ahead for the glory of God. I've heard a story of this man who was back in India. He He was a criminal. And he did a lot of harm to a lot of people, especially Christians but they forgave him. And now he's, he's a man of God. He goes to villages and preaches the gospel and he's saving millions of people. Praise God. And what I'm trying to say is, when we respond the right way, God would work through that experience. We are just being put through a process. Amen. Now, the thing about unforgiveness is, It spreads. It doesn't stay somewhere, as I told you before. It spreads from one person to the other. It not only spreads within you, it spreads into your environments. The same damage, the the same evil that has worked in the other person is now at work in me, causing a lot of internal damages, disturbing my environment and disturbing my life, and causing it to fail. Every instance of evil, has got a special character. It is like a virus that spreads from one person to the other, from one circumstance to the other, and as it spreads, it gains momentum and strength. The more it goes, the more it becomes stronger, until that point where someone decides to put a full stop. And that's where we come in. That's where we, who are enlightened by the word of God, Sees the power of evil and puts a full stop and defeats the power of darkness. That is gone. That cycle is stopped. Amen. So we stop it from spreading by using the power of forgiveness. And what of God says? Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, "It is mine to avenge. I will repay." Says the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil but be overcome by good. We know how uh, some people, what happens is they feel they are tasked by God to carry out his vengeance. You know how difficult it is as parents when one of your kids think that, you know, he or she has been tasked with, uh, you know, disciplining the, um, his sibling or her, uh, her sibling by the parents. And you know the trauma that you have to go through. That's not what you want to happen. You know what needs to be done. You don't want them fighting with each other. This is what God wants. God doesn't want us to go back and repay them with with evil because that would produce more evil to come. Amen. So just like a parent, God is asking us, why don't you just leave it to me? Why don't you just leave it to me? Because I see the greater power that's working behind the scenes that's making this happen. Now if you, if you see, the spread of Christianity was primarily because of the power of forgiveness. When, after Jesus, uh, when Christianity was in the rise, the Christians were persecuted throughout the world. And so what happened is, instead of ravaging the streets, instead of uh, causing a lot of disruption, they just decided to forgive. They were persecuted, they were killed, but they decided to forgive. And because of the power of forgiveness, The love of God spread to every continent. It spread to every continent because they decided to forgive. And it even went as far as, uh, just to give an example, drafting of the international humanitarian law. I was just like reading an article the other day about this man called Henry Junind, who was was one of the co-founders of the Red Cross, who inspired um, the Geneva Convention which led um, uh, to to the drafting of international humanitarian law. He was a very devout Christian. So you see, when someone decides to forgive, it not only stops the evil, but furthers what God wants to be done. It brings liberation. Amen. It takes away, it breaks down chains and shackles. It it brings liberation, it brings freedom into lives. So how do we respond to our situations in our life, my friends? Do we try to repay evil with evil? Or are we on God's side saying that, God, I know what you want me to do, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to respond in forgiveness, and God is going to use that experience to bring freedom and liberation to thousands of lives around you. Amen. So I just want us to think about it for a moment. It's easy to... Uh, hear someone preaching, it's easy to hear about forgiveness. But let's see, how do we respond to this? What is the best way to respond to this? Lord, I have heard your word. And I know that you have spoken into my life. And I know how you want me to respond. And today I'm responding to your word with obedience. And I'm. would you open my spiritual eyes to see the real evil so that I can respond the way you responded? So I can do what you want me to do. One of the things that um, God spoke to my heart when I was preparing this message was, God is about to bring freedom to many lives. Amen. God is about to bring freedom in many lives. God is going to set us free from, many, uh, f- from the bitterness and the hatred that's in so many lives. Amen. If you're struggling with something in your heart, why don't you just like, bring it to God? God, I want to forgive I want to forgive this person, but I'm finding it so hard to forgive. But God is telling you today, you're not in this alone. I'm there with you. I'm going to help you to to overcome this struggle. You will overcome because I overcame. Amen. We serve a king who overcame the power of darkness. So God is telling you, I'm going to stand with you and help you overcome that. Why don't you just like release, release that person from your heart? Why don't you just like release that thing that happened in the past? Because God wants to set you free. Amen. What was done was done. But God is reaching out to you this morning. He wants to set you free. Your, the, the best days of your life are right in front of you. What, does it, what happened in the past is not going to affect the way, God is bless, the, the way God is blessing you in future. The best days of your life are still ahead of you. God wants you to look at the bright future and embrace it. He wants you to let go of what happened in the past. Break out of that chain. Amen. Amen. He wants you to break out of that chain and release those those people. Amen. So that we can embrace the freedom that God wants us to enjoy. We can enjoy the the, the joy that God God wants us to embrace. Praise God. And my friends, God forgave us not because we, we deserved it. We did everything wrong but he came to us and and he forgave our sins so that we can be called the sons and daughters of God. And we are here today praising God and worshiping God and enjoying the goodness of God because he decided to forgive our sins. Amen. He has embraced us. We have have been called into a life to enjoy the freedom that's in Jesus Christ. Let's not go through this struggle anymore. Let's not go, go through this struggle anymore. I just feel that even as I preach, I feel like God is touching certain hearts and opening the prison doors in your heart and he's setting you free. You don't deserve to leave with this bitterness. You don't deserve to leave with the pain because every bitterness that's in your life is causing a lot of pain. He wants to set you free from that this morning. Why don't you come before God and say, God, here I am before you. Would you touch my heart? Would you minister to me, Lord? Would you minister to me, Lord? Let's respond in faith. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church.